Welcome to Fire and Water, the podcast, coming of age in this age, where we seek to cultivate wise leaders one show at a time. We are your hosts. I'm Juanita Robertson, and this is Tennyson Wolf. And today we'll be talking about departures. Tennyson, we are um, right now in our second Fire and Water cohort, and then thick in the middle of the departure <laughs> as we get ready to invite in a new group of cohorts in August. And one of the things that I've been struck by in thinking about the departure is, you know, each time we go in, we go in again. And so I've really been feeling um, myself in this place of departure with this group, kind of in alignment with where we are with this group in our own journeys. Um, And thinking about uh, this new journey coming in and if that'll mean that we're in that layer of it with them too. And what the departure looks like when it's uh, doubled up, I guess. <laughs> you know, I, I think about um, how in different parts of our life, often we are in different stages as well. And so I guess my question for you is, how has departure been working you in these <laughs> couple of months that we've been with this, second cohort of fire and water. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to pick that up. There's a fair amount (laughs) that I relate to, and there's a lot that's in it. Um, But to the, to the point that you're speaking to initially, Quinita, of uh, we, we journey with our people and it means that we are likely to experience some of what we are invoking and inviting with others. Uh, So there is a theme of departure. That's quite working me. Um, Uh, One of the things that I like about this format for you and I is that uh, it's just to be in our learning with one another and make it a little bit more visible so that others can be a part of it or, you know, be a part of witnessing it also. Uh, When I go departure, I think there's a couple of things that I'll start with. Uh, One that has become a little fresher for me which is naming part of the departure story. I had a friend remind me of Joseph Campbell and uh, his teachings. And uh, one of them was to say that, that Joseph Campbell would say was, there's only one story and the story is the hero's journey. And then he you know, names a few phases that go with that. And one of the phases, the first one is about hearing a calling. And then the second one is about obstacles. I think he names it as obstacles but it's where I feel the departure and the ordeals. You leave a set of circumstances or you change a way of being or you, you, know, you let go of a way of being. It might just be, Quinita, that when we, we humans <laughs> give the slightest energy to the slightest of intentions even to welcome a departure, welcome a release, welcome a messiness even, because, you know, we're changing ways of being, changing the paths that we're on sometimes, that life has a way of showing up for us. Uh, I I don't want to get too rigid with that, you know, like it's less cause and effecty to me and there might've been a time when I felt like there was a certain God who was directing all of that. (laughs) And I I tend not to think that way, but there is this way in which 
all of these things show up. So the hero's journey or the initiatory language that you and I have been using with our fire and water pe people of departures, ordeals and return, or in Joseph Campbell, it's uh, hearing the calling, uh, facing obstacles, uh, receiving or developing gifts and then return to community. I, I, I think that that's just such a useful general path framing and invitation for living in these times. Let me pull it down for a little bit or try to pull it down a little bit. Um, one of the departures that I made, and I would have never named it this way back in the day, you know, when I'm a 20 year old or early twenties was that I, I left Canada where I grew up. I left my hometown of Edmonton and the family system that was there. It was not one of those circumstances of I'm running away from something or I have to get away, but I was following a, a kind of calling, you know, uh, uh, not completely planned, just a, like a, a strong enough feeling in my belly and in my heart. It, <coughs> excuse me, it means that uh, for me, that's like 35 years ago that I departed from uh, a country and of course I've been back, but I've never lived back there again. And I departed from a system of friends mm -hmm. and just grew more distant in, or grew, grew apart in some of the distance. Uh, I've told you that earlier this week, I reconnected with one of those old, 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 old friends in a way to just say hello and, you know, and catch up a little bit with one another. Mm -hmm. And when I had that call, with him, there was something so renewed in me uh, to think back to this time of being young men together and you know a group of others getting into trouble, doing dumb things. Um, it was so powerful for me to go back to that kind of relationship. Uh, what's that got to do with departures? You know, I've learned a few things along the way, but boy, there was something. So I don't even know what to call it, Quinita. Like it was so deeply compelling to me. It's almost like in the phone call with my friend, I found something that I didn't even know that I was looking for. Yeah. But then let's not all also or also let's not lose the the reality, the you know the truthfulness of it's in the departure that I found a lot of things along the way also without even knowing exactly why. Mm. You know, that's, that to me is a little bit of following the calling, but as it pertains to departures, it just feels like, holy shit. When you sign up for the reality of a departure, that ain't just trivial, fluffy stuff. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm going to stop there. Well, one of the things that strikes me in you speaking about the departure is there has to be a departure for there to be a return. Hmm. You know, like you couldn't have had that sweet return with your friend without their first being a departure. <laughs> and I'm struck by, you know, I've had just recently, you know, that our family has enrolled back into a gym that we used to belong to when my kids were younger. And there is a coming back that mm -hmm. has a sweetness to it, right? There's, um, there's a remembrance of seeing 
the parents there with the younger kids are remembering me there with my little kids, right? That are like 19 and 17 now. But there is a a part of um, me, a part of my history that is held in those spaces. Mm -hmm. It's almost like time capsules. Mm -hmm. It's like these people or these places become time capsules for us when we've done a departure. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is because I believe that we're all connected. I think there is a thing when you set to depart and you speak it, that then is it puts other things in motion because we're connected to everything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me, that's what it means to be connected. That when I get really clear and I set off on a, a, a clear direction of a path, even what, even when I don't know where it's going to lead me to, maybe especially when I don't know where it's going to lead me to, that mm-hmm. then what happens is that it sets off a chain reaction in the universe that then sends to me what I need, those lessons that I need at that time in my journey that I didn't even know that I was mm. asking for often, right? They come up and it's like, I didn't even know to ask for this. You know, I asked for a learning or I've asked for a growth or I've asked to um, have clarity or whatever form it takes itself in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also struck by those three stages or three stages of the heroine's journey that Carol Pearson talks about. She mm-hmm. actually talks about how she uses the term preparation, journey, and return. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, one of the things that I'm struck by is her first stage of preparation. She aligns with the ego. And then the journey she aligns with the soul and the return she aligns with the self. And I'm struck by how at the beginning of this journey, and I'm witnessing this with some of our fire and water participants, you know, there's this falling or breaking apart of that ego, the shadow ego of ourselves to um, start to make room, more room for, I think, the light ego of ourselves. And to see people, to witness myself in the journey and others, when we say, you know, I would say when we say, God, uh, help me, we're really saying challenge me. <laughs> and so these things start to show up. And, and oftentimes in this culture, we think that something's wrong when things start to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Instead of, no, that's what we've asked for. That's exactly, you know, we may not have used those words, but when we step into a journey like this, we're asking to be transformed. And there can only be a transformation when something old goes away and something new comes up, shows up. Yeah. Can I pick it up? Yep. Um, timelines matter in this, I think. Uh, I can find the part of me that wants to more neatly define, you know, these 16 months are this, or, you know, these three months are this, but I, I, I don't think that's the way it works. Uh, when I think of my friend and the conversation I had with him, you know, that's got like a 40 year timeline to it. Um, so I don't think we get to choose the timeline. Uh, for all of the layers, <laughs> we can probably always find something that's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, I am relating to what you said around the comfort and discomfort because departures in a way 
are to move from the familiar, move from even the comfortable into uh, what is less familiar or completely wacky, unfamiliar, you know, not known, or just discomfort. And that naming that you've spoken of, just because it's not comfortable doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah. Or just because I think another one of your statements is just because you're not feeling well doesn't mean you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for how we, and this is part of fire and water, don't just give ourselves into what is comfortable. Now, I realize there's a sort of shadowy side of that if taken to the extreme that says, well, you know, just the more you can become a sucker to punishment, the better. That's, that's not the place to land in all of this. But to like, like to really welcome some of the deeper churning and the deeper growing of who we are to me feels like part of the mature journey. Now, in some of the stories that I'm aware of or that I also make up in, in, in indigenous societies, or at least in some indigenous societies, there was so much more of a guiding elder process that would help people, younger people transition into another stage of adulthood. And I think part of the role of the elders was to, you know, to recontext some of the struggle or some of the difficulty um, in a different context, you and I have been talking about race and equity and justice and inclusion, diversity and inclusion. And one of the people we're listening to, Dr. Ken Hardy, offers this line, like, you are entitled to safety. Now, this was in the context of race and some of the things that were happening. You're entitled to safety. You are not entitled to comfort. And I think that's got something to do with the departures that we are in. Um, it's just like there, there's some powerful human living that by its definition might feel incredibly challenging. Like I don't want to understate, Quinita, the layer of challenge that can come with a departure, you know, we can talk about departure as in moving from one home to another. Mm-hmm. But if the departure we're talking about is like the, your, your psychic home, who you are, who you think you are, who you've been, what you have claimed to have known into a territory where all of that gets scrambled, mm-hmm. you know, that is, that is, oh boy, that is no small thing. There are scars in that. There are scary moments in that. There are sacred moments in that. I'm referencing Lisa Hess and some of her writings on sacred, scared, and scarred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there's stuff happening there. And that doesn't mean not to take it. It just means, yeah, well, I, th- I think there's a void of it in the general path that society seems to prescribe for too many of us. Ooh, let me stop there. The picture I got in my head when you're speaking is of a trapeze. Mm-hmm. So like being on one, um, hanging, swinging, and you have to let go to grab a hold of the next one. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about this journey that I think tends to be um, that place of like terror, scary, whatever, is mm-hmm. that when you're moving from one set of beliefs mm-hmm. and to recla- claiming a new set of beliefs, 
there's a moment where you have to let go of the old, but the new haven't arrived yet. Yeah. yeah. And it's that space in between where you don't know who the hell you are. Yeah. <laughs> because you've let go of this old belief system mm-hmm. and you're waiting for the new one to show up. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, in my own coaching of people or in fire and water have witnessed people being in that place, me being in that place and my, you know, in the lots of transformations that I've done in my life, whether it's um, me starting my healing journey as a teenager, or whether it's me leaving my marriage, you know, there's a, a letting go of what you have known and, um, and waiting for the new to show up. And in some ways, you know, you talked about the timeline. I think what happens is the departure, um, it's almost like in the p- departure, the journey and the return, there's lots of those, even in, within the same journey, right? So like there's, um, there's, there's the timeline of the first year of whatever you've done. There's a timeline of you. So if we use your example of leaving Canada, there's a timeline of what you learned that first year. There's a timeline of what you've learned in 10 years. There's a timeline that then the 20 year version of you because we change and grow. And so there's an opportunity for a return and a return and a return to yourself again and again and again that just deepens the learning, even though it's rooted in the same journey. Yeah, Uh, holy moly. Um, (laughs) What I can feel in all of this, and I suppose I'm saying it out loud in hopes that it encourages others who wobble on their edges or, you know, downright fear the edges. Uh, I, without planning it, I've been thinking a lot about departures, the different layers, departures from a friendship system, departures from a family system, departures from a country, departures from a church, mm-hmm. and a faith community is also part of it for me. Uh, there is such a like a discombobulation that I feel familiar with, uh, a denial that I feel familiar with, like trying to smooth over the edges a little bit or not think about it. But I know, and if I go back to my friend, my my reuniting conversation with my friend the other day, it's like our 30-ish years apart uh, really creates important material for how we come back together. Uh, I I think all of that is that I'm trying to find here in my own think out loud with you is there is a way that I think it it just takes patience doesn't feel like the right word, but such a surrender, such a patience, such a trust. Let me move it into that language also. Mm -hmm. A trust of an unfolding, a trust of a something, but it's not like it's not, there's no guarantee of a cute story here, but I think there is guarantee of powerful learning and medicine and gifts for any of us willing to give ourselves to the departures that maybe we only know inside of ourselves. We have to find inside of ourselves. 
I think also I would say just, you know, that trust, um, trust often to me is an action, not a feeling. Mm-hmm. And that I think so often, because I dive into a lot of different things, we both do. <laughs> and um, I think often people see that and think that trust mm-hmm. or faith or whatever is there without the fear or even the terror, mm-hmm. you know? Just because, matter of fact, one of the things I've said about myself, Mm -hmm. if I'm afraid, I'm probably more likely to do it than less Mm -hmm. because I know that it has some, it has something for me because little shit doesn't scare me, don't scare me these days. It's like the big things that I really, you know, so I know this, I've, I've learned fear as an invitation and not as a warning. Yeah. And so, you know, um, it doesn't mean that I don't feel the fear. It just means that I don't let it make my decisions for me. Yeah. I I think part of my interest in sharing this, I mean, you and I will engage in this conversation before this recording and after this recording. But I think part of the interest for me is for just encouraging for for any of us that feel the challenge on the edges with even the notion of a departure or a transition or a crossroads, you know, how, how needed, how, I mean, I think this is some of it for me, how needed, needed it is for many of us as human being, beings to be willing to, to take that journey, like an alternative of just, more numbing at scale so as to stay in status quo whatever that is you know that that's not a super good path <laughs> that, that that feels like a you know a weird yeah well a numbing of who we are as human beings i think i want to say that i hold more hope for who we become uh in in these necessary moments of change you know that 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 somehow illuminates what is it a hope for me in how we human beings participate in and contribute to the times that we live in that isn't just more of the old stuff that has already gotten us into a pile of numbness (laughs) oh geez I don't know how to say that (laughs) I would say as we're inviting people to consider applying for this next fire and water cohort yeah you know for me we're talking about how um challenging the journey can be and I think that's important I think in our culture we like to um glamorize even the spiritual walk and the spiritual journey and that that um, feeds into this idea when things start to fall apart that people are doing something wrong instead right. of no, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what it looks like. This is the journey. Mm-hmm. And I think um, what I would want people to hear is, yes, it is challenging. And for me, that it's been so worth it. That at the end of the day, what I've learned and the life that I get to live, like the awaken 
self that I get to experience at the end of each of these journeys are so worth um, the ordeal that we go through, that I've gone through. And I think also, as I've entered in more and more, each time it becomes easier because I know the ordeal isn't for nothing. I know that it comes with gifts and privileges and it doesn't just come by itself, you know? And so I would want them to hear that as well. That helps pull it back to me. Thank you, Quinita. Uh, the, the one added phrase that shows up for me, thinking of fire and water and thinking of another group coming in and thinking of the group that's already in there is that I, I feel a very deep love for these people and a deep love that is uh, so much more than a program, you know, with steps and things. Uh, so I recognize that that grows in me and, you know, I think we need some love to carry us through these journeys. Yeah. So I think that's what I have for today. Thank you for right. the conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your practices and commitments to wisdom and coming of age. If you wish further information, our shared website is Fire and Water um, Leadership at weebly.com. And my website is nazuzu.com. And you can reach Tennyson at www.tennysonwolf.com. Thank you.